Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode nine of the Polis Podcast Season 2, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. On today's episode of The Pullist, we've got another wonderful show for you. We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know, mostly DC, our must-pull recommendations from the past two weeks, and our favorite new number ones. Hector's got a new segment for it, and this is The Pullist Podcast. So strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for We've Got Comic Sign! Uh, better put the word out, get ready for the nerd out, better put specs Oh, with me as always is my good friend Hector. Of course, I am Chris Poirier, your wonderful host of comics and all things generally nerdy in that space. So we need to jump right into the news, I think, this week, Hector, because like the entire comics world like was let's have some news or something this week. Feels that way. People Um, were needy. Yeah, people, yeah, everyone was needy and stuff happened. And that's what we're here. We're here to read all of the wonderful news for you and try to make some sense of it. Don't Unless try. there was less allegation-y type stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we have taken a break from blaming everyone for things, so mostly <laughs> anyway. Um, but I think right off the top, the thing that's really interesting and super nerdy for all of you that are, have been industry trackers since you've come along to the Polis podcast is – Typically speaking, before all of the COVID-19 stuff and everything happened, uh, Diamond Distributors actually produced all of the weekly and monthly uh, sales data on comics because they're the sole distributorship, at least they were. So they literally would let us know how many copies of books went out the doors and to all the distributors. Now, the short version of this story is there's been discussions for years on whether the way they've done it is right or not, because for normal book sales, like you go into a Barnes and Noble, if you still do that anymore, or get a book from Amazon or whatever, and you hear that it's a New York best time seller or whatever, that's actually based on SKUs. Literally, somebody picked up that book or clicked on it on Amazon and it was purchased. That is based on actual sales data. That is not the case in comics. Comics are actually tracked purely as it was, of stuff that left the warehouse, which meant if DC or Marvel shipped X million copies of a book and then over half of it was returned, you don't typically see that data. It tracks what they originally shipped. So a lot of folks used to have issues with how the numbers were done as they didn't necessarily give us truth because it just depended on what returnability of certain books were. Now, all that to say... Since DC went with some new distributors and everything, we've not actually had sell-through data or just sales data at all since the beginning of COVID. So it's been five months, and that means we haven't really had a temperature on what happened. Now, obviously, a lot happened. Uh, DC cut back. Marvel went almost to zero um, in publications. But what we do know for second quarter is we finally got some data, and it's fascinating. Typically speaking, Marvel and DC are usually the top two, cutting the market share usually in the 40% range. But the new data, supposedly, is actually based on sell-through, which means people that actually bought stuff. Um, because we, with DC being a sole distributor now, um, through their two new distribution hubs, are only pushing out the door what they want to sell. And... With those numbers, DC overtook Marvel for the first time in a while. Usually, DC sits like a percent below in sales 
uh, data to Marvel. And during the COVID, because they stuck to getting some of their stuff out the door, they maintained a 37% market share to Marvel Comics 25. Um, now, granted, this is, you know, crisis mode data, but it's still interesting. And then rounding out the rest of the list, Image Comics at 10%, Boom at 4%, IDW at 4%, Dark Horse at 4 uh, Viz, who does all most of the manga that makes it into the U.S. at around 2%, and then everyone follows from that point forward. So interesting, to say the least, um, because Boom, IDW, all sitting there in the top five, which is kind of new and interesting. They're always kind of floating there. But here's the most interesting part for all of you that are sitting out there listening to our our show today is graphic novels usually gives us an, a look into what people are interested in and what they're actually buying. And number one on the list was Batman, Last Night on Earth. Uh, number two was Bog Bodies. What? Exactly. Um, it was a original graphic novel, OGN, uh, from Image Comics. It was a very mature book. It snuck up on all of us, but sitting firmly at number three is Once in Future from Boom Studios. Doomsday Clock at number four. Uh, Superman Smashes the Clan at number five. Saga, number one, which has been out for a while, uh, at six. Snot Girl, volume three, at seven. And then the Hickman run of X-Men at number eight. So what's interesting is a lot of this, over half this list is not big too. And the number two book is a uh, what? <laughs> so... Congratulations, comics fans. Keep being weird because uh, now that we have some more fidelity on what's actually being sold, um, it's interesting to see what all of you crazy folks are actually out there buying. But we're going to leave this article in the show notes for you because following stuff like this is very interesting and kind of gives you an idea of the overall market. But now, as I just kind of educated you, Things are changing, and it's going to be interesting to see what the future actually brings us in terms of print comics. So I, we just wanted to kind of bring you the top of that because this appears to be the new normal that, A, we're tracking comic sales a little differently, um, but also just that, you know, <laughs> keep being weird, fam, because really neat stuff is kind of poking through the data. And so that that's my like get nerdy, take the glasses off for a second moment. But it was really fun to kind of actually see industry data again because it'd been so quiet for so long. So hang in there, retailers. We know that folks are coming out and buying stuff because most of that stuff wasn't top line new. That was um, hand sold, deep cut stuff. So that means that your recommendations, our recommendations are hitting the ears of people and people are rushing out and buying stuff, which is awesome. And so that brings us over to some of the most probably important DC Comics news that any of you could be prepared for. Are you ready, Hector? No. Because it's not about the layoffs and all that. We're going to get to that later on. But fam, Rick Grayson, formerly known as Dick Grayson, is going to get his memory back and Dick will return to us. If you're really confused, he got shot in the head a while ago and um, apparently lost his marbles and became Rick, R-I-C, not R-I-C-K, because you know reasons. Um, and that's been a thing for a while, but DC's decided to steer that train back towards uh, normality or some semblance thereof. So if you've been looking for your classic Nightwing back, I don't know if you're fully going to get him, especially with Joker war going on, but supposedly he's getting his memory back. So maybe Joker's going to hit him extra hard in the head and fix it. All I have to say is with all the books that have gotten canceled, Nightwing should have been one of them. Oh, shh. Save it for the podcast. This is the podcast. Oh, this is the podcast. So we're going to get to that. Um, so... 
yeah, we might as well transition right to there um, because, yeah, obviously the last thing we want to talk about is like the implosion, explosion, bloodbath, insert whatever word you decided to take from the media this week of what actually happened at DC Comics and Warner Brothers and AT&T and all that goodness. But also buried in the lead was there were planned ending of lines coming and then there was not planned endings of things so for those of you that have not been keeping track the current list of dc comics that are going to run out either between now or into november december so by the end of 2020 are harley quinn batgirl red hood batman and the outsiders wait wait wait, wait. red hood are you sure yeah red red hood outlaw is definitely on that list because there's like new stuff for i don't know okay go ahead yeah, I mean, some of this has been back and forth, but supposedly that was one of the longer term ones. Batman and the Outsiders, which was planned to end, I believe that was a maxi anyway. Um, it needed Justice, to. It's dragging on forever. Yeah. Uh, Justice League Odyssey, which I think same thing was a maxi versus an ongoing. Um, Hawkman, Hellblazer, Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad, and now has been confirmed Aquaman. So if you're curious what's left, it's basically the Bat Family. <laughs> Um, and Superman and some other stuff in between, but and Flash on, and Green Lantern, and I mean, there's yep. still well, many. there's minimum co- Lantern Core stuff because they were trying to move that stuff around as well. So, but I think the good news about this is is this was the week that we got all the bad news, but I'm assuming new solicitations will be hitting for what is to come next because that's a lot of books. Um, and by a few of our count. Basically, after November, almost 50% of what's going to be on your local shelf is going to be Bat Family, which is a heck of an investment in Batman, um, which is not totally weird. When we say Bat Family, I mean, technically, Batgirl would have been considered a Bat Family book um, and Nightwing and so on and so forth. So, you know, we have Batman, we have uh, Detective, but there's there's a lot of titles that sit in that space. So there's None of this lots- should be really surprising, though. Because we were already moving to the future jump anyway. Supposedly. And that's that's where things get complicated is by right now, we were supposed to be into new continuity at DC. Um, But in firing Didio um, back towards the beginning of the year, that was, for better or worse, unfortunately, a vote of no confidence. And they scrapped the original continuity change that was actually slated for this year. Um, so hopefully this is clearing the slate for what is to come there. What's really interesting, if you are reading a series of DC books at the moment is there are actually shadows of the planned 5g stuff because it was already written and it was already drawn. Um, so if you see things that allude to younger characters, children of or extended family of, it is highly rumored and partially confirmed by some folks that those are actually shadows of the 5G that we didn't get. Um, and so I think we're going to talk about it a little later. But in Batman 96, uh, we saw uh, Victor Freeze with two kids um, that looked a lot like him and had his suit and his freeze powers and everything. Um Supposedly, that's they're kind of going with it because they're going to f- figure out how to write it, but that supposedly that was supposed to be a glimpse towards the future. So some of the pieces of the original plan are out there, but they're retconning what they actually mean. So the more you know. In- interesting, right? Um, but at the same time, the good news is we can talk about at least one thing that's coming. And uh, Jeff Lemire has been all over the place, and we talk about 
fair amount about him because I read a ton of his stuff unapologetically. Um, but his original work at Vertigo on a property called Sweet Tooth is actually making a return under DC's Black Label this fall, basically setting the stage for there is a streaming um, version of that show coming. Um, the rights of that sh- property has been purchased, so I'm assuming that's going to coincide with um, the show coming into being as well. So there is stuff still being produced, and that's the good news. Just we don't know how much longer we get to hold on to things like Black Label, which leads us to the thing that we obviously need to talk about this week, which is, uh, unless you've been living under a very big rock, um, even people that don't know much about comics heard about the mass layoffs through Warner Brothers across all of their properties, but that roughly a third of those um, ended up falling in DC Comics. And I think the final number ended up being almost um, 20% of DC's staff was cut in the call. Um, by WB and just lots of stuff happened. Um, we saw the current editor in chief, um, released Jim Lee keeps his job, but loses the publisher role, um, remains the chief creative officer. He's going to have extended roles in keeping with the intellectual property across all things. So he's supposed to basically be the guy to keep continuity, what it's supposed to be, but also keep the branding on point. And that's across streaming, that's across comics, that's across TV, that's across movies. So he's kind of being, he's always kind of been doing that role, but as he puts it, he's been given almost a few more additional tasks as part of that. And then what you just kind of saw at the intermediate editorial level is just somebody took the snow globe and like shook it as hard as they could and then threw it at the wall. Um, and so lots of sales folks, um, to my understanding, were released. The toy line, DC Direct, is going to be moved out. Um, so that's going to be just another thing that they manage intellectual property versus in-house producing those things. And what we saw to the top of the editor-in-chief chain was they moved two individuals into that seat, one of which was over digital to begin with, and another was part of the sales piece. So the short version is from what we're hearing from a lot of folks is that DC Universe, which is something we talked about before, is basically done, that they did call a majority of the people out of that division. They did say that all the property is being moved to HBO Max. So we pretty much know that that Been is saying the... it for a year. Right. So here we are. Um, told you so. Um, that that was going to be the case. And what we're left with is a lot of folks kind of looking left and right, trying to figure out what exactly that means for the future. Um, some of that that's been early rumored is that Black Label will probably also be shuttered as the internal imprint um, and that they're going to heavily focus on all of their intellectual property that they can push to HBO Max or any of their streaming services, television at CW or their movie platforms etc. Jim Lee came out this week and said, no, no, that doesn't mean we're not making comics anymore. Um, But everyone is kind of holding their breath because at least based on the information thus far, we haven't heard a lot about the comic side of the business um, since kind of that snow globe got shook. Now, hopefully what's probably happening is they're solidifying what is going to actually replace 5G and the new continuity will be established and we can all celebrate around that when it finally comes out. But 
there is a lot of really weird things that kind of occurred in that, that folks that have been around and have been good for the company lost their job next to people that folks were happy to see moved along. So not really sure what's going on, but it's very clear that AT&T and Warner Brothers is very much in charge of operations and has a plan. And just those of us in the direct market and in comics don't quite know what that plan is yet. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on in that space. Um, Hector, I don't know if you had any thoughts because that was just like a wall of stuff. Because that's would just what be it, nice it felt like as have, we read it. <laughs> it would just be nice to not have DC falling apart news for like a single episode. Um, yeah. This is what it felt like to like Marvel in the 90s. Yeah, and, and a lot of people equated it to that as well, is that there were echoes of um, the late 80s, early 90s um, collapse uh, that – because even though they're not in the news, Marvel Shop isn't looking great either. They technically released all their people at the beginning of the pandemic, and so we're now sitting on the backside, and Marvel hasn't added many new titles. They've dialed way back as well. Um, they're at, they don't have editorial shakeups, but technically – you know, the mouse kind of shook their their snow globe at the beginning of the pandemic and everyone was like, OK, that makes sense. And so now on the D.C. side, they're like, oh, well, you know, things might not have gone how they planned. So COVID. But the early rumors that have been fairly substantiated by some folks are that COVID or not, WB was going to make this change, that this well, was that's coming. That's what it blatantly looks like. So stay tuned, comic fans. We got to see what's next. Um, DC does have a, you know, online convention, DC Fandom, uh, which I believe is in two weeks. Um, that's 24 hours of comics, uh, well, of DC stuff. There's 22 um, slots for panels and two of them are about comics. Um, so we'll see what DC trots out, what they don't trot out, who they choose to bring forward um, in some of their comic stuff and some of their crossover stuff that it's pretty much a wait and see. Um most of the creatives I've talked to have not said they, you know, they're concerned for their friends, but they haven't been told, you know, like their projects just vaporized other than the ones that we mentioned. And most of them said, yeah, that was kind of where things were leaning anyway. So it's it sounds tough, but we just got to remember that things kind of are tough right now. Um, but there are definitely some echoes to the 90s that have a handful of people going, uh, please no, please no. And so I guess just to top, you know, all that wonderful news off, if you were wondering if you were at least going to make New York City Comic Con this year, well, um, no, uh, they have added themselves to the cancel list and they will be going fully online as well. So it looks like at the moment we're going to come pretty close to hitting all the way through 2020 without any of our major shows. So I know our minor shows are striking back with a vengeance, though. Right. And so Hector may have a show that he gets to go to. Um, and I'm semi jealous um, because I, I need that config. Well, dude, I uh. just did a, um, our with the way they've been doing the free comic book summer. Um, yep. One of my local shop, which is a Dragon's Lair in Fayetteville, North Carolina. They only put the free books out initially on Saturday. Right. And so they've been having three or four vendors per Saturday. At the shop. And oh, nice. So each Saturday has three different vendors, plus the new comic books and sales. So I I know 99% of you don't live anywhere in North Carolina. It's not an advertisement for the shop, but just say it's a good model. Um, and 
So yesterday was me, or we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, Mm, Yesterday was myself with the Faith and Fandom booth, a lady selling nerdy face masks. Nice. And an actual large comic dealer. So the comic shop even let other comic sales come into their store. Oh, wow. Good for them. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding, dude. I had a better day than the last two cons I've done. Oh, wow. Um, well, like, I think people really are hurting to a at least get out as safely as they can and like actually do the thing. And that's why I think no matter what happens at the publisher level, that I, I think the shops are going to be OK for a while because all of us geeks are going to come out of our caves eventually and just want to hang in the shop for like five hours catching up on everything yeah. and being around other nerdy people that, you know, that trope of us, you know, hanging out by ourselves uh, together is like wrong, but also true in the sense that we we strive for our, our nerdy communities. And this is really COVID's just been a major downer on it. And technically our, our stories continued and we've got lots of stuff to talk about. So it warms my heart to know that at least we're, we're slowly testing the waters as safely as we can to get back out and that shops are doing stuff like that to get folks out because I think that's going to be the trick and that's what we've always strived for in a lot of the shops I've worked in is you know that community aspect is truly everything so that's what you need to know our bi-weekly look at the industry and delivering all of the inside knowledge to you our wonderful listeners as always you can join us in on the conversation with Hector and I and all of your other nerdy friends on the Love Thy Nerd Discord server. Ah, see, you thought I was going to say Facebook, but we have a Discord server and we even have our very own comics channel over there. So if you check out the show notes, you will see the Love Thy Nerd uh, Discord server links and join up and you can chat with us on a near... I'm in there quite a bit and we've been talking about all kinds of fairly random stuffs. So hit us up and come on over there and... Let's talk more about comics because, you know, we keep telling you, read more comics. It's important. Keeps the industry alive. So on that note. I'm not saying this in any critical fashion um, (laughs) because it's not meant to be that. But I legit don't know what Discord is, and I've used it at least three times. Um, (laughs) Okay. Taking a note, teach Hector about the future. Because, like, I've done, like, a podcast or something with Bubba before on Discord. And it's like, he sent me a link, I clicked it, but all I saw was like, there's a ton of like doohickeys and buttons on the left side. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. There's so much information. And that's kind of the point is it allows us to sort by organizations and by topics and everything. And well, that's why we be nerdy. But yeah, yeah. let uh, me just say, if if you hear Chris say that and you're intimidated (laughs) at the concept of a Discord server. Because you're like 40, like me. Um, <laughs> then don't be scared. You too can Discord. You too can Discord. And we're, of course, still over there on the on the Book of Faces. So you can find us at either wonderful location. So, Hector, I think that means it's part of it's our favorite part of the show, which is the stuff that we read. So what what jumped out at you over the last two weeks? <sighs> um, oh, that much, huh? So, one second, I was picking up a book. For me, honestly, I have to say that continually, um, death metal is one of the better things uh, DC's putting out, if you're just okay with pure bananas. 
Right. I was going to say it is the literally most insane thing that's being put out. Um, that and Last Night on Earth are probably the most insane things they've done. Um, fair. Fair. Um, so I'm loving it. Um, you're you're getting some crazy stuff. And one of the things, and I'm really mad, by the way, I'm super angry that you have Deceased Dead Planet 2 because I had something I wanted to throw in there. By the way, read the other Deceased. Um, Anyway. Yeah, I still need to read Unkillables. I'm sorry. Yeah, get on that. Um, The full trade is dropping like this week or something. So, Yes, I can catch up. Okay. um, But one of the things that is just so bananas with uh, Death Metal is (laughs) all the different versions of Batman. Like, that everybody has made Batman. The fact that there's a dark side Batman. But for some reason, dark side Batman isn't scary. Like, dark side Batman is almost seems less scary than dark side and less scary than Batman. And that shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> I feel like a dark side Batman should be, like, scarier than a Batman Joker. Personally. Like... I'm just throwing that out there. I was a little put off or chuffed at the idea that that was a thing. Um, but anyways, um, it's it's just such a bananas book. But one of the things that I love, really loved is that there is a direct reference, like not even remotely subtle, to DC's Final Crisis, um, which was the cr- last crisis, really, um, the last major DC crisis. And um, it was forever ago. I mean, that's like a solid decade. Um, it feels like, but you know that that was the thing where Batman air quotes died, and uh, by being shot by Darkseid. And like, there's a panel where you get right. Darkseid Batman specifically referencing that moment in Final Crisis, which most DC writers avoid Final Crisis like the plague. And Scott Snyder's and like, nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna whip it out. <laughs> yeah, just there like, it is. There it is. And I'm like, I really, really enjoyed that. And um, they're doing cool stuff with the Black Lantern. There, you've got Lobo just being Lobo. Yeah, I was gonna um, say that was the most Lobo Lobo in a while. Yeah, that is that is the most Lobo esque stuff. Well, if you haven't been reading uh, Teen Titans, Lobo's daughter is it Crush? Yes. You know, you get a little bit of that, but this was like pure Lobo. And um, I don't know, just just the pure imagination and randomness in there. And then if you didn't read any of the Justice League stuff that Snyder's done recently, uh, Batman has a baby Starro that calls him (laughs) daddy. Um, And you needed to read Snyder's Justice League stuff to really know what was going on there. But I'll say this death metal is pure comics fun. If you want to actually just read a comic book and enjoy it and straight up have a blast doing it, Death Metal is still killing the game with that. Um, uh, I, what If you've listened to my rants about the X-Men universe and what they're doing, I have enjoyed X-Force and Marauders the most, and Kitty Pride um, has been dead for like seven issues. Of Marauders. Oh, that's right. Um, like it was crazy. She got this thing. Professor X died. She was sad, so she went and got knuckle tattoos and got drunk and became a pirate. And then she died. And I'm like, 
I was really excited about where this was going. And then she's just been dead forever. And uh, Marauders 11, which has her dead body on the cover and the first page has her with like straight coins on the eyes because they can't resurrect her. And it, the, this issue follows the 18th attempt to resurrect her. Um, uh, which have all failed and I'll just leave any spoilery things there, but, um, it was nice to get a Kitty Pride issue. You get Nightcrawler writing a letter and being Nightcrawler. Um, people just being emotional and stuff. Uh, but it's a very Kitty Pride centric issue. So you get, if you only care about Kitty Pride, like kind of me, um, you could probably jump from the issue she died to this issue and not miss a beat um, with how Marauders has been going. Uh, but it was nice to get that. Um, and. Her knuckle tattoos say hold fast, and it's very tempting every time I see that on the page. I'm like, mm, I could get some knuckle tattoos. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so there, there's that. Uh, so if you enjoy that. Also, I'm not going to put this on the straight pull, but like, there's still a good bit of Domino and Colossus action going on in X-Force. And I am still mourning daily the loss of Gale Simone riding Domino. And um, I hold on to x-force purely for a glimpse of what used to be awesome so yep i'm gonna tweet gail simone as soon as i'm done with this be like (laughs) hey boo i miss you out here in the streets um then let's see what else was on my pool okay uh i mentioned this and you posted like this week that you know i had convinced you um yep but that uh with amazing spider-man dealing with sin eater um Mm -hmm. sins rising and i called it two weeks ago on the last podcast um that you know it, he they were going to not when this dude killed the bad guys he was not just killing them he was removing their sins gaining right. their powers and then they were coming back to life and then this issue deals with the fact that spider-man is completely lost because not only are these bad guys being murdered they're coming back to life they're coming back to life repentant and kind and i'm not going to say perfect but no they're coming back as purified redeemed versions of themselves so you've got a dude that looks like he's robbing a 7-eleven shooting people with a shotgun taking their sins away and bringing them back to life as redeemed creatures while spider-man is lost and confused um it's it's a fun arc um right yeah, now Sp- it's- spidey's having a moment <laughs> yeah this <laughs> was, is literally that- like spider-man banging his head against the wall through the whole thing um so Let's let's pause right there for a second because this is what struck me is assuming continuity overlaps in the way that it it generally does. Spider-Man's going through this just after his interactions with Daredevil on a similar problem. Yeah. Did you ca- did you catch that part cuz that's the part that made me stop and go, "Oh snap." Is Spidey's appearances in the Daredevil, the current Daredevil arc, has been to tell Daredevil to you, you don't kill, stop doing the things, or I'm going to come back and whoop you. And then the Sin Eater thing happens in his normal day to day existence, and he's faced with basically the same problem, except this dude's got guys coming back to life and they seem okay and everything. And Spidey's like, what? And if anybody should have that kind of like redemption power, it should be Daredevil. Yeah. So on a not creepy, evil way. With with Peter like starting to like bang his head on the wall, when I thought about that in the additional context, like he has to be beyond confused because he's like, but wait, why? And then, of course, there is the weird thing of 
where the arc kind of has us right now is his one quasi friend there. Um, Overdrive. Is that what that dude's name is? Yeah. Um, you had an interaction with the sin eater, but is different than the others somehow. And we're waiting to see what that actually means and how that plays out. So, yep, you, you made, you made me read the thing. I just well, want to go on record that when I told Hector, no, seriously, watch the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, it took him like three years. I waited a week. Okay, that's the freaking <laughs> seven season television show. And I picked up the Daredevil issue you told me to the next week. Okay, so, that's fair. We're even. <laughs> get off me, man. Uh, <laughs> and I was I was doing these are for you. Um, Aw. I, I was trying to do Spider-Man books for you. Okay, uh, but no. Uh, if you want a Spider-Man series, you can jump into very quickly. There are uh, there is one Prelude issue, Sins Rising Prelude. There is a precursor in issue forty-four, and you can honestly skip that one and jump right into Amazing Sport Spider-Man forty-five and forty-six, and be completely caught up with the story and where it's going. <sighs> but sorry, it's a long day. Um, yeah. Stay but, with us. Stay with us. Uh, but that is something you can check out. And then also, um, I'll just throw it out there. Um, Batman is still happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bat- Batman 96 happened. The Joker War is in full effect. Um, Harley's alive. Um, by the time oh, yeah, you hear no, this. I was at least happy about that. Yeah, she know she now dead. She's she's alive and with some some throat stitches. Um, and yeah, then, she had a she had a day clearly. Yeah, and I'm just like, personally speaking, it's still a bit hard to swallow. I understand Harley has been going down the hero road for a minute, mm-hmm. like a little bit of a minute, but to be the full blown bat sidekick at this point when like. Heroes in Crisis still feels fresh. And, right. And so when I'm seeing her be like full blown, might as well put her in a domino mask with an R on her chest. She's like, it's just still weird to me. But anyway, you get some good Harley Batman interaction. Um, it's like we got the Harley from the Sean Murphy universe. And those two things are not supposed to be overlapping. The Harley from the Sean Murphy universe is smarter than this. though. No, I agree with that. But I mean, in terms of at least... Like, yeah, she's the, like, yeah, we're on the same team because Joker's cray cray. It's like, yeah. well, duh. It's been true well, your entire existence, child. <laughs> the the other end of it is uh, we also got introduced to a new character uh, <sighs> that looks like a background dude to a My Chemical Romance video. Can we um, say he's emo anarchy, if that's possible? Or young anarchy? Dude, you, I, I totally, that's spot on. He is emo anarchy. And, right? Because um, I kept looking uh, at it going, we have this character already, just not that yeah. young. <laughs> um, and this, and I also thought with what you were just saying, that this would be a foreshadowing of something we would have seen in 5G. Um, yes, and it's, that's why I'm kind of curious, because we got both of those. We got that and the young Freeze folks um, in the same issue, which made me go, that is because someone made that reference about a week ago and i was like i haven't seen anything that looked like that and then this issue dropped and i went what just happened yeah and that's the thing we get this young punk rock uh honestly he straight up looks like a character out of sean murphy's punk rock jesus um Ooh, now that's a reference go look that yeah. one up kids uh but i'll say that like <laughs> he just like buries a weapon in somebody's head and he's like no ma'am i'm not at all right 
I'll, I'm not at all okay. Um, so that's, you know, there's interesting stuff going on. Still, Batgirl 47 was the best issue out of all of this. It's still and, the most 90s thing that's currently being written. Sorry, not sorry. But either way, it's still happening. Uh, and Detective Comics is a pale shadow of what's happening in Batman. So if Batman's not blowing your whistle, um, Detective Comics is not going to scratch that itch either. But if, if if you're enjoying both, keep going. You get ba- the most recent issue of Bat or Detective actually had a pretty heavy uh, Kate Kane arc oh, with okay. Batman. This is the first time that Kate Kane and Batman have really worked together since she killed like a uh, Clayface. Um, so, so it's been. I think there's an editor's note that this is the first time they've worked together since Detective Nine Eighty One. And this is what issue 1020 or something. Um, yeah. So there you go. What about you? What, what was, uh, floating you? Let's see. Um, I had lots of crazy stuff, but, um, primarily flash 759. I want to keep talking about the flash because, um, Williamson's been writing during the entire rebirth arc. Like this is one of those books that has had the same writer for now, what, two and a half years, almost three years. Um, and I've enjoyed everything I've seen Williamson touch. I haven't read the amount of flash you've read, but what I have read has been great. Yeah. Stuff is really good. And the thing that's really crazy about it is he is now officially in his final arc that he's decided he has reached where he wants to in this story. And 762 is going to be his finale um, on The Flash. And they're promising, you know, big change Barry's world stuff. And we're currently in an arc that could go there because um, we have everybody's favorite villain, the reverse Flash. Um, involved and he's massively jacking with uh, Barry's life again, which shouldn't come as a surprise at this point in anybody's <laughs> understanding of reading The Flash, but I don't want to give away exactly what's happening because it's really kind of crazy what um, what Thrawn has figured out how to do, and I'm curious where that's going to end as they claim and end in a really big way. But So if you haven't been paying attention, but you want to, 759, I believe, is the beginning of the arc, and it's going to end at 762. It's either 59 this week or the 58 prior. I forget exactly. But Flash is coming to an end, and this is a story that started with the turtle and still has the turtle involved. So congratulations, kids. We've managed to tell a story three years long that's had the turtle as one of the primary villains throughout the entire thing. Now, granted, the regular rogues gallery of Captain Cold, E-Wave, Golden Glider, and uh, the Trickster, like old school rogues have been present throughout the entire thing, but the turtle (laughs) has been the dude. So if you're looking for some of that really good flashness, um, Williamson has not disappointed, and he's just wrapping that bad boy up. Um, Continuing on our parade of endings and random endings i've been saying how much i've been enjoying reading dr strange the surgeon supreme and i picked up the latest issue which is number six and you get to the end it says the end and there's an editor note and mark wade is done dang just like that just like that kids um is this allegation-y or no not to my understanding just that it ended um i haven't heard a lot of pontification on it except there are like some Really strong rumors out there um, that Wade may be trying to rush towards the end of his current Marvel contract so he can sign with DC. 
Now that is Chris purely pontificating, but I've heard it more than once, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So Chris is throwing it out there as a could be, couldn't be, who knows? But if I'm right, then woo, get to claim it. Um, otherwise, just, yeah, the, I don't know if that book just wasn't doing extremely well or if it wasn't doing what they wanted it to do. I thought the concept and everything was great, but it just kind of wrapped up awful quick. Um, so I don't know if they will collect those six issues or not. I kind of hope they do because it wasn't the worst. It was pretty fun. Uh, the art's really neat. Um, but yeah, so Doctor Strange is moving on to something new, but we don't know what that is yet. And I believe Wade is moving on to the next project is kind of what was insinuated there as well. So if I talked you into that book, uh, my bad. Um, or you just get to enjoy uh, six super solid um, issues, I suppose. Um, but I actually got to talk about a book that I talked about the last couple of weeks, and that's Firepower from Image and Kirkman that I said super awesome things about the prelude because it was super awesome, even if it is Fiery Hands, Iron Fist retold. Um, the free comic book day book and issue number one kind of elevated the story into the future, and it seemed really weird. And I was like, oh, bummer. You took a really good idea and you Kirkmaned it into the ground, which is boring and annoying. Um and then I read issue number two and issue number two is actually really good because they tie back to the prelude in, in some ways. And I won't say how, because I think that's the point of this story now. And all this to say, I am now paying a lot closer attention than I was. And it's pretty amazing. Um, so I say I'm sorry to Firepower because I if they keep going in this current direction, I think I may actually be back in on this book. And that doesn't happen a lot when I get distracted or bored with a comic. And so, bravo, you, you found a way to bring me kind of back into the fray and towards what's actually going on in this book. So that's neat. So I just had to take the opportunity to apologize and say that, yeah, sometimes you got to read a little further than what you think is your point of ending because there may be a twist and it may be why things were kind of strange in the beginning of a book. So who are you we'll talking see. to? I read Tom King books. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, but we're, at least he hasn't been dragging around some character's dead mother in a co in a coffin chained to your horse for like five issues in the middle of an arc too soon. Just right. Bueller. Yeah. Well, you either got that. That's joke about as good as that. It's about as good as that uh, thing in Death Metal 3 where the Robin King had Barry's dead mother trapped in a ring so he could throw at her. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's nailed it. You should read some comics. Yeah. If you're really confused right now, either you don't read enough comics or I'm not really sure. I don't know um, if there's a way to not be confused at that. So. That's valid. Um, but let's see. So, my final um, pick, because I stole it from you, apparently, is, yeah, Deceased, Dead Planet, anything with the words deceased at the beginning of it is just good. And yeah, I mean, Dead Planet, just every issue just keeps continuing being great. And they keep shocking me. And I shouldn't be because it's a zombie story that you're like, right, you've made it very clear. People die. Um, all of them die. <laughs> um, but it does find new and interesting ways and they're exploring relationships that wouldn't normally exist in the DC thing. So we have death metal all the way over on one side of the spectrum. Like that's just completely bonkers and makes literally no sense whatsoever, but is stupid fun. And then you had deceased planet 
and all the deceased series on the other side of insanity that's trying to actually be kind of serious in telling the story and still ends up with this semi-humorous but also really amazing just comic booky existence that is just so wonderful and makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside even though it's zombies tearing people apart. That and come on, they're carrying around Cyborg's head that isn't infected but is still trying to help them out. So that's kind of funny. Well, if you're a Doctor Who uh, person, there was a character called Handles, which was a Cyberman's head that the Ah. Doctor just carried around and had conversations with. So uh, So that it's they're straight up channeling Matt Smith's Doctor with Cyborg. And it's beautiful. And Um, it's a wonderful thing. uh, And I'll say this. uh, I'm not going to give you like a lot of details um, just so you can actually enjoy it if you haven't read it. But man, the Plastic Man moment in Deceased Number oh, 2 yeah. floored me. I was not ready. I was not prepared. I turned the page and was utterly shocked. And I clapped for the comic book I was reading. No, because, Nobody was prepared for that moment. No, and that's the thing. It got me so bad. Um, and that's one of the things that I've admired most about the Deceased books is... The imagination on it. Scott Snyder's got some crazy imagination going on in death metal, but it's just like bananas. In Deceased, there's crazy good imagination, but it's well thought out, articulate, planned things that make you feel, not that you're dumb for not thinking of it first, but it's literally like, why did I never think of that? Um And so that's why we don't get paid for these things. The plastic man moment, literally, uh, you might be able to quote me on this later is probably my favorite, might be one of my favorite comic book moments of 2020 easily. Um, and now that you saw some red hood action and the magical team action and the Harley and Ivy stuff in some of this recent issue, that's some of the stuff you're missing in dead planet or, or in unkillables. And you need to go back and read that. Yes, um, no, the whole um, mystical side of the Dark Justice League basically presence in Dead Planet was super fun. And if you, I don't know if you picked this up, but there is um, a solo book that was not Unkillables. There is a deceased solo book called Deceased A Good Day to Die that is just the magic users. Ooh, I dig it. Um, it's a single issue. And for y'all that are graphic novel buyers, if you pick up the hardback version of Deceased, the original book, they include that magic issue in that hardback. So you get that in there. But that one focuses on Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, and the entire magic team. Um, So Deceased, Deceased A Good Day to Die, Deceased Unkillables, and now we're on Deceased Dead Planet. They're all worth your time. That's it. I'm done. So we'll transition now into our favorite uh, new number ones for this as we kind of prepare to end the show for the week. We've got we'll cover Hector and my favorite new number ones. And then we're going to leave you with a new wonderful segment on our way out. So for my number one uh, from Boom Studios, uh, Seven Secrets was a pretty neat little book. And you don't get a lot of context except that it's being told from a narrator perspective of a character that you won't meet in the first issue. Um, But that there's this order of some type and that there are groups. There's one or two individuals in small groups that total seven that protect secrets 
each little team has a specific secret to protect in this order. You don't know what the secrets are tied to or anything, but there's like this high level James Bond uh, feel like Spectre organization type stuff going on um, that they're chasing these secrets that these people have sworn their lives to protect kind of thing. And that's the setup to this book. And I have no idea where it's going, but it's super fun because it's funny. The, the art is wonderful. And the narrator is actually the point of the story because he's the kid of two secret holders and they're not supposed to have the children's. And so that's kind of the setup of the first issue. So we don't know what secrets they're keeping, but it's kind of stupid fun. It leans on the mature edge a bit. Um, not as much as some other books that we've uh, recommended, but it's, a lot of fun so if you didn't see it on your shelves uh ask for it or go find seven secrets what'd you find that was awesome in number one territory i picked up big girls number one from image (laughs) i did too um and every time i thought of it i have uh outcasts the way you move in my head because Big Boy has some things to say about big girls in that song, and that's the first thing my mind goes to. But I'll leave that off this podcast. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's not terrible. It's just not appropriate. Um, wow. Yep. <laughs> I like the way you... We better stop before we have to pay for royalties. Yeah, um, don't do that. <laughs> did I just saw a thing this week on the internets that um, when Michael Scott said two tickets to paradise when he was talking about going to sandals um that one joke cost him sixty thousand dollars in royalties yeah so just stop talking big girls <laughs> um yeah and be careful how we label this in the show notes um but it. <laughs> um with big girls is straight up it's a sci-fi romp that um i it's i uh, yeah it's a good issue it's a good story but um the short version is something scientifically went wrong with the world not like zombie apocalypse but medically speaking that mm-hmm. um baby boys yes. turn into giant apocalyptic monsters as they grow up and baby girls turn into giant women that keep their sanity and right faculties I think and some is the some, thing. It's, yeah, it's not some. everybody, but it's some. And it hasn't but been explained you to, what. You have to be really careful with your pregnancies, and you have to register your pregnancies with the government. And if, from what I'm seeing is if you have a boy, it's probably going to be put down. Yeah. If not immediately, they'll hunt you down and you know get rid of your kid later. So, um, But in the flip side of that, they have employed specially trained giant women to uh watch over the city and fight the monsters yep. um and it's as crazy as it sounds but it's not bad um no some people are like wow that's the most woke thing i've ever heard of i'm like yeah you can probably read between the lines if you want but i don't think any of that is i think everything you're reading into it is on purpose and everything that's on the page is on purpose that i don't think yes. anyone's trying to be clever here i'm pretty sure it's part of a the joke and b the point so this is a book that will deal with monsters and oversized ladies, but also we'll talk about toxic masculinity and we'll talk about, uh, you know, in some senses, it's going to talk about abortion. In some senses, it's going to talk about child endangerment. It's going to cover a lot of there's a lot stuff. of territories that you're like, yeah, let's do that in a semi sci fi slash somewhat humorous comic at times. What, what was that DreamWorks movie 
that was about the monsters that they were training up. And <sighs> Sorry, my brain's not going to be able to do it on the fly. No, I, know what you mean. Th- I never watched it. I saw it, my kids watched it. Um, but there's a slime monster and like a, a kind of a swamp thingy dude. And then a giant lady named Karen or Susan or something. Um, but either way, it's that thing. Um, so there you fought. The story follows a large lady. And if you are a DC reader, just picture Giganta. And that's, right. Yep. It's Giganta, except she can't shrink. Um, that I'm aware of, unless that changes up in the next issues. So, uh, yep, I, that was my number one. So I'm done with that. I, I will keep reading this. It has my attention and yeah, no, no same. At this point. Um, and just to remind all of our, our listeners, normally we would have your um, reading recommendations here, but nobody called us. So that means you should pick up the phone and give us a call. 706-530-1412. Leave us a 30 second to 60 second um message of what caught your attention, why it caught your attention and why Hector and I should be reading it if we haven't before. And you can be on the show telling everybody about the cool comic that you found this week. So give us a shout out by usually, you know, a week from when you're hearing my voice and we can get you in on the next show. But to fill some of that time into our outro here, Hector has a new wonderful thing that we want to try out here on the show. So why don't you give us a little idea of what we have for the peoples? So we're going to do out of context comic quotes and our out of context comic quotes. uh, We are going to give you a quote with zero context from a comic book within the last two weeks. And in doing that, uh, one, it's just fun. But two, uh, if you like figure out where this quote is from, uh, go ahead and comment on one of our posts and the Love Thy Nerd community or hit us up and we will give you credit for, you know, acknowledging that on the next podcast. Maybe so, we can uh, find some swag or something. I don't know. No promises, but you know, that's heard, the fun of taking I've heard there's uh, lanyards and things associated oh. with this group. Um, oh, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, but we might be able to get you some swag uh, for doing this. So here is my out of context comic quote. Um, again, this is within the last two weeks. All right, bring it. Surprise! I assembled your couch. Hopefully that's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once Um, again, the out-of-context comic quote in a comic book that has come out in the last two weeks is this. Surprise, I assembled your couch. Hopefully that's not weird. Chris, what do you got? Oh, well, assembling couches is really interesting, but um, what I want to bring to all of your lovely ears for attention is my out-of-context comic quote for the week, and that is, there was no wiggle room in the rules. So it was the kind of hearing that could have been an email, but some people need an excuse to wear cloaks. That's either an out-of-context comic quote or a Bob Dylan lyric. I mean, it could be. So one more time for for those listening, that is, there was no wiggle room in the rules, so it was that kind of hearing that could have been an email, but some people need an excuse to wear cloaks. Yeah. 
So if you have any idea what we're talking about, hit us up as we post these throughout the week and we will try to shower you with either praise or random swag because that's the reason that we do podcast, right? Seems seems legitimate. But that's it for us here at the Polis Podcast. Episode 9 of Season 2 is now in the books and is now in your ears, but we couldn't possibly do this alone. As many of you know, we take this epic journey of podcasts and fandom with a bunch of other podcasts at the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm reaching the point that there's almost too many of them to list, which which is pretty great. So you can head over to lovethynerd.com and head on over to listen area, our podcast area, and see what's new and amazing from all of us at Love Thy Nerd. And finally, Hector and I just want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. So don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio. I think we're even on SoundCloud now. So if you can't find us, I don't know. You're, you're hearing my voice somehow. But at least tell us how we're doing and let us know so thanks for listening and remember kids read more comics i'm gonna take all seven continents of the game of risk